You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Some people the Holy Spirit brought, some people a friend brought. But we deeply thank God. And yesterday I was saying to one of the leaders that any church, any, per, any person, individual who yield themselves to God in this season will be amazed at what God will do through, through them. Um, LifePoint is not a professional church. So we're uh, a missional church. We're not... We're, <laughs> we're sent out of the Elevation Church. It's still part of the Elevation Church. Pastor Godman so graciously and uh, thought, you know, why don't we set up more like a mission post to the next generation? And that's when we come here every Sunday, that's what we're doing. Um, we say that God has asked us to create experiences that point and talk about him, to create a resting place for the weary, uh, to be a signpost for the lost. And so, remember, the leaders are going off on a retreat this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I'll ask you to pray with us. Because one of the things we ask ourselves is, how is life point a resting place for the weary? Uh, how do we remain a signpost for the lost? We'll ask, you know, that whenever you come to life point, that you never really feel like you're not part of family. I know that when you come to life point, we're, we're not, we don't, we're not, we don't form a lot, do we? We don't. Our culture is very relaxed. We're warm. <clears throat> um, but there's a lot of love and warmth here. I've pastored for a number of years now. And even as pastor, I can say that I have never felt more loved in a church than here. I love pastoring here. Um, and I, I I'd hope and I trust that as long as God wills, that I will be pastor here. Okay? All right, so it's a good time and a good day to just do this and I'll preach. Everyone who is a leader at LifePoint, could you please stand up? And summary is that you're on the leader's group. Just stand where you are. <laughs> While you were trying to figure out, Akko, could you come forward and so join the leaders? Anyone who is on the... I saw her stand up now, please, please. All right, so church... And I mean, there's a couple of people who are still traveling and not around, but these are the people who so graciously help to lead. Could we just put our hands together and celebrate them, including Shubami Plumta in your sitting now. Thank you guys so much. You know there is no way. Thank you guys. Sit please. Listen. There is no way I could even try to do the things we do at LifePoint without you. Alright. Um, um, you're the keyboardist for today. So I think Josh has gotten tired of all the shade. I used to, but it's a new year. And I am not throwing shade as much, okay? What's your name, sir? Sir? Namdi. Right. Are you single, sir? <laughs> Are you single? You're married. How long? Happily married? <laughs> okay, Namdi, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Could you, as I preach this morning, play... <laughs> Blessed assurance. Um, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. What can wash away my sins? Because he leaves, I can face tomorrow, and the land is green. In that order. <laughs> I'll leave it to your discretion to figure out when to play what. But it's blessed assurance. That's the one that goes, this is my story, right? Yes. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. 
what can wash away my sins and because he leaves I can face tomorrow and then the land is green you can jam it in somewhere all right all right good good right uh-huh. um, let me ask the person next to you can I pray for you at some time today can I pray for you please I don't believe anyone should come to LifePoint for a service and somebody doesn't pray for them. In fact, I, I feel, you know, because you can go to church and leave, you can come to church wanting to be anonymous. But the truth is that God had your number. I mean, you might not want to give the guy sitting next to you your number. You might not even have told him your real name. But God knows your name. He knows all your names. He knows your middle name that you don't like. You know the one that your parents gave you but you've tried to delete from your past. He knows all of them. And then he sends people. Paul will say, God who comforts the downcast. He says, he comforted me by the coming of Timothy. And you tell the person next to you, I don't know you, but I love you. I don't know you, but I, I love you. I love you. Somebody else giggling. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But we'll pray. This morning, I'm, I want to preach uh, a message that we're teaching. I like it. You can even do that American thing when I start to preach. You, can, you know that one, yeah. <laughs> I like this. I don't even want Josh back again. You can keep Josh where we put it. I don't want this guy's good. Huh? Um, I really want to see how you're going to put the land as green into this song. Into this. <laughs> so I want to preach a message called Strength to Change Your Story, but I think better titled New Stories, New Beginnings. If you would join me in the book of Genesis, read out of chapter 25. Genesis 25, we join the story of Jacob and Esau from verse 23 and God speaking to their mother saying, the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people shall be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. We already know, some of us know the story of Jacob and Esau. And this is Jacob. So Esau is the gentleman who, uh, for porridge, says, look, take my bed right. Um, and sometimes in life, we make choices based on the things that are pressuring us. You know, we make choices based on how we feel. And sometimes in life, we make choices that we regret later. Has anybody here ever made a choice that they regretted later? Anybody? And it's not, it's not bad enough that he's lost his bet right. He's saying, well, I've lost the bet right. Perhaps I still have a blessing. Um, and, and Jacob is that sibling. I don't know if you have that sibling. The one who you only really like because you are related by blood. Because they have a way of making all your parents like them to your detriment. You know, they have a way of looking good to your detriment. And, and Jacob has so warmed up his mother's heart that she conspires with him to steal the blessing from Esau. And when Esau shows up, essentially this scripture that we've just read, this prophecy that has been said about him seems to be the definition of his story.
in verse 40 of chapter 27. Genesis 27 and verse 40. In fact, verse 38. Esau confronts his father and said to him, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. And then Esau wept aloud. And his father, Isaac, answered him and says, Your dwelling shall be away from the earth's riches, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will, leave, and you will serve your brother. And he says, But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. His father says to him that there is a narrative about your life that is prophetic. It's designed by God. But his father says to him in verse 40 that there is scope for change. There is scope for change. That We know that this has been said about you. We know you have made this mistake. We know your brother has outsmarted you. He says, but there is scope for change. And that's kind of what we want to talk about. Now, my wife, Ogachuku, and um, my adopted daughter, Ako, made me watch a very rubbish movie some days ago. This is, I'm telling you, very rubbish movie. And when I say rubbish, is that, okay, remember that movie that you people made me watch? So this is, they said they wanted to watch a movie, and I was taking a call, so I'm taking a call, and I come back and I say, can I join you guys? And I joined them. And like 10 minutes into the movie, I'm like, how? What? <laughs> because it doesn't add up at all. As in, you know, it's a really weak film. Really weak. It's really bad. It's worse than a home video. It's really bad. Okay. Really bad. And I wonder what the worst movie you've ever watched is. And I wonder how, if your life was a movie, I wonder what title the, the movie would be. Help me ask the person next to you, what will be the title of the movie if your life is a movie? Just tell the person, answer. One chance. (laughs) Sleepless in Lagos. (laughs) What will be the name of the movie? Samuel, what will be the name of your movie? (laughs) Um, But I wonder if your story, if your story is turning out the way you want. I wonder if your story is a story you even like. I wonder if it's even a movie that you are happy to be acting in. Because someone is saying, look, I was born in Ibadan. You know? It's early in the year. I know it's the first Sunday of the year. There's no shade in there. Ibadan is a great place. But I was born in Ibadan. My, my mates, everybody else, all my cousins, they were all born in New York. They were born in, in London. Now they have British passport. They have this passport. Now when I want to travel, I have to go and be writing an application. So I don't like the story of my life. So when they were sending everybody in the house to school, they send them to schools in America, in Canada. When it was my turn, they now ask me, do you want to go to Ghana? Or do you want to go to a private university? Why, why me? And people say, can point to different things in their lives. In fact, Isaac says to Esau, that not only is his story just something that's happening, he says there is a yoke that is around his neck. But he says that the change in the narrative of his story will happen 
when he becomes sufficiently restless to attract enough strength to change, to break the yoke. Uh, what could be a yoke in someone's life? It could be a belief system, a wrong belief system. People who, for example, have grown up in a broken home, a home where they were really fighting and, you know, could sometimes have the belief system in their heart that it's, this is a normal, this is fine. Some people could have had a bad experience, a really bad experience. You could have had something happen to you when you were much younger. Maybe someone abused you sexually. Maybe you made a wrong choice or decision about your life. For some people, it could just be what seems to be a predetermined path for you. So your father is a pastor, so you are going to become a pastor. For some of you, you were called a particular thing even before you were older. For some of you, they started calling you doctor. Ah, doctor, how are you? <laughs> Um, I think, I remember, I mean, they tell you that the Jews do this a lot. I remember a story of a, a guy says he asks, uh, the story says he asks the Jewish lady, how old are your two kids? And it says oh, the, the lawyer is five and the doctor is three. And for some of you, they already designed your life for you before. They told you, you're going to be an architect. Your father is an architect. And sometimes it feels like a yoke. For some people, it's just the current reality of life. So you say, this is where I am at this current moment. For some of you, the chapter of your life that you're currently reading, the scene in the movie that you're currently at, it's not bad at all. You're, you're not doing badly. In fact, you like this particular chapter. She's giving you a ring. Oh, sorry, he's giving you a ring. Or she likes you. You've got a good job. You've got a good car. You live in a good part of the city. You're almost famous on Instagram. But sometimes even that becomes a yoke in itself. When you read Luke chapter 12, you realize that wealth does not exempt people from foolishness. Success in human terms does not necessarily exempt people from foolishness. What is my encouragement this first Sunday of 2018? God is a great storyteller. He's a great writer. In fact, he's an amazing writer. I believe that God, you know, when you read Genesis chapter 1, he talks about why God created the lights. He said the lights were set in that they may prompt people towards seasons, days, and years. And so every time we say Happy New Year, it's great to do and to say, but essentially one of the things we should remember is that God has encoded into creation cycles of newness to remind us that opportunities to start over will come ever so often. There's Lamentations chapter 3, where the writer says that the steadfast love says that the because of the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. It says because of his compassions, we fail not. It says his mercies, his compassions, they are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. That's the cue for the other song. You, see how, you can now see how it's flowing. Okay? So, I don't know if you could help me ask the person next to you, 
Is God the one writing your story? Is God the one writing your story? This, this movie that you're acting, and you know that your friends tell you that you have drama, and you yourself know you have drama, but this drama that you are acting and living out, who is the writer? Who is the author? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 3, that you are our epistle written on our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stones, but on the tablets of flesh that is of the heart. God is a writer. God is a writer. He's writing stories this year. He's writing stories this year. And, and our lives, our lives, our lives are meant to be epistles. So if, let's try this one. If my life is a movie or is a story that's been written, and you kind of know where the story of your life is, where is God in this story? Is he just on the cover page so you can sell the book? Because you know sometimes you make the cover page very nice. So you can sell the book. Because you know that there is a girl who said to you she wasn't going to go out with you. Except you came to church. And if that's you, just look straight on it. okay. No worries. But my point is, is God just on the cover page of your book? So that your parents don't get upset? Or is he the one who you've mentioned in the acknowledgement? You know the people you mentioned in the acknowledgement section. Some people you just mention them so they don't get upset. But they really don't have any contribution to the book itself. Uh, there are some people who write the foreword for you. And you know what the foreword is, right? That's the first line of the book. So they are closely associated to the writer, but do not take responsibility for the content. The writer of the book of Hebrews calls God, calls Jesus, the author of our faith. He says he's the author of and the finisher of our faith. What is our charge toward the church this morning? We're saying, I mean, I, mean, I know, I, I look around this church, some of you, I know your stories. I know part of your stories. Some of you, I know a lot of your stories. Some of you, I don't know your stories at all. I don't even know your name yet. Some of you, your stories, in my mind, are written in Yoruba with... <laughs> Some of your stories are written with an accent. It's an American accent. It's very nice. Some of you, your stories are feels like an action movie. It's an action movie. There's just gone, there's smoke and gunshot everywhere. And people lying down. There's you, there's band-aid, there's, you know, like you're a rebel without a cause. There's action everywhere. For some of you, your, your movies, I can see you. It's a romantic movie. He's constantly just dancing around fountains, playing Indian movie music, <laughs> giving flowers. Is that Tolu Adelawa? That's, that's a romantic movie, Tolu. <laughs> Some of you is a... But, but, but whatever your story is, at the beginning of the year, it's amazingly important for you to remember that God will constantly give you strength for new stories. Strength for new stories. A couple of big thoughts, and I'll try and put this together before we share the communion. Where do I get the strength for a new story from? How do I break off what essentially 
might be a yoke around my neck. The first thing I'd say is that you need to get into God's word and find your word. My pastor constantly says that what is written is greater than what has happened. What is written is greater than what is happening. What is written by God is greater than what others said will happen. In fact, I say that you need to hear God's side of your story. You need to hear God's version of your matter. I don't know if you can yet see what God sees about you. Uh, Joseph was going out with a girl. Girl comes to Joseph. Says, Joseph, I had a dream. Uh, I had this thing happen to me. Um, and Joseph, I, I've missed my period. And, you know, but in that dream, uh, or that thing, they said I was going to bear the Messiah. Joseph was saying, mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> you think they gave birth to me yesterday? He says, tell me more. She says, yes. So he says, it's going to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He says, so how far gone are you? He says, two months. And Joseph says, but you know, the P.I. said we shouldn't sleep together because, you know, and he says, yes. And you know, we, I didn't touch you, right? I kissed you once, but I didn't touch you. He says, yes. He says, okay, don't worry. He says, I'm coming. The Bible says he privately determined that he was going to set her away. But he gets God's side of the story very soon. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes your history, even of yourself, is biased. For some of you, you think you have a complete story about yourself. But scientists will tell you that even human memory is proven to be biased. So we remember the things that are convenient for us to remember. I don't know if you've seen two people tell a story before. And they tell with equal amount of confidence and boldness very different versions of the same story. In fact, guys will know this. So sometimes you watch an Arsenal versus Chelsea match. And when you hear the two people, sometimes you get to a point in the conversation where somebody says to another person, oh boy, did you really watch that match? Because it cannot be the same match that we are discussing. I strongly believe that sometimes for us as Christians, the version of the story we have about ourselves is not the complete truth. I know you know where you were born. I know you know what you did last summer. I even know you know, and half of Instagram knows what you did over Christmas. But I worry that you might not know the truth about yourself. And so we say, would you, in this season, the Bible says we look not at the things which are seen. It says because those things are temporary. It says we look at the things that are not seen. Would you interact with God who is the author of your life? Would you ask him? Would you ask him? He says, call upon me. He says, and I will show you great and mighty things of which you know not about. Uh, the angel shows up before Gideon. And he says, oh mighty man of valor. Gideon says, that is not the story that I have. They call Saul to anoint him. He says, you don't understand the story that I know. And he begins to quote, this is where I was born. God calls Moses. And Moses says, no, you don't understand. I have a speaking impediment. I don't know what you have on your CV. And I know we all have different CVs. In fact, some of you have three CVs. You have one CV for this type of job, one CV for this type of, and the CV that's the truth. You don't have that one, right? I, I, I hope nobody has official and unofficial ages. Please. But at this 
as we start the year, it's what considering this story of your life that you're currently holding on to, who told you the story? May I say here that miracles happen when God's mercy interacts or intersects with our mystics. God's mercy is not just forgiving, it's also redemptive. The Bible says we know that all things work together for our good because we love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. In fact, I've been saying for the last couple of months that God has a clean-up crew. God has a clean-up crew. And that it doesn't matter what has happened in the years before. It doesn't matter where you have been and what has happened even before you were born, that God has a clean-up crew. One way that we hear God's side of our story is by letting the Holy Spirit help us live out of God's scripts. Now, at Life Point, over the last couple of years, we've put together, I think, two or three drama productions. Um, Oyinda has very kindly helped us produce or direct them. And sometimes I would come before production day, and I know that one of the most frustrating things for the directors are the actors who like to endlessly improvise. Now, the first year, we had one gentleman, I don't know if he's even in church today, Austin. Every time Austin came on stage, you kind of held your breath because you were not sure what he was going to say. You had told him what he should say. But when Austin came, he did as occasion as he was moved. And a lot of this was comic, so it kind of flowed. But you were a bit worried because when he finished his line, unknown to him, people were waiting for his line, his proper lines, as a cue for them to say what they were supposed to say. But he can just come and just say anything. In fact, when we did the last play, I saw that a number of the actors would improvise. And, you know, improvising makes it fun. But for the director, they're just constantly looking, please, what are they going to say? And I wonder how much of us, how many of us, are just constantly improvising when God has a script concerning our lives. The Holy Spirit and the inspiration that he brings upon us is key to maintaining divine perspective. Would you please help me look at the person next to you and tell them, please stop looking at my script. Stop looking at my script. I don't, if, you, if you grew up, it's much younger, you know. There's always that, in fact, there was a way, and I think people have become too posh. But in my secondary school, primary school then, primary school, secondary school where too, there's a way you cover your script with your hand to make sure that nobody could peep across. Because everyone's story is written by God, by God, for God, and very differently. In fact, I remember that a year came when JAM, which is the, the body that organizes the exams for people to go on to universities, they realized that Nigerians just liked to love each other even in exam halls. And just, uh, oh God, 20, number 25, 25. <laughs> As I said, somebody just remembering their childhood. Number 10, Chinedu, Chinedu. She didn't do number 10. She didn't say B. You write B. And John just realized, look, the way to cut all that off, you know what they did, right? Was to give people different scripts. Same questions, I think, but different sequence of questions. And so when you ask Chinedu number four, <laughs> and Chinedu told you D, 
even if that answer was correct in Chinedu's script, in your script, it's only by the mercy of God. <laughs> no, but it's only by the mercy of God. So, you, when you got there, you faced your script because you did not know what sequence of questions Chinedu had been given. It might be the same questions. And so, may I speak to that person who has looked at Falabi's script and say, hey, hey, see Falabi, that we're together in the band. Everybody's just talking about him on Instagram. And then you try to stress yourself to produce that same result. You try and buy followers, doesn't work. Just have Hungarians and all those other people following you. And then you that's start posting funny pictures. But my point is, what is it about the story of your life that you're trying to make happen but doesn't necessarily come from the hand of God but comes because you just saw somebody else writing the script. You know, I think it's Mother Teresa or somebody they say it's Mother Teresa but it's not, maybe, maybe not who says we're all pencils in the hands of a writing God but allowing the Holy Spirit walk with us and show us what is in the script that God is writing about us becomes a a privileged and wise way to live life. I always say this, that I know we're in a busy, fast-paced city. We're in a city where the parameters for success are constantly being heightened. Last year, it was 30 billion or so. I'm just waiting for this year. I suspect that when this year, probably like maybe 150 billion. May I say to someone that it's about time that you stop reading out of the script of your old man, the person who you were last year, or the person who you were even before you met Jesus. Isaiah chapter, chapter 43, verse 18 says. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. In the message translation, it says, do not keep going over old history. It says, be alert and be present. And it's Paul who says in Philippians, he says, this is one thing I do. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. In fact, I say to people sometimes, but by the help of the Holy Spirit, sometimes you need to just locate memories that sap your motivation. For some people, it's memories that sap your strength. And just prayerfully neutralize them by the help of the word of God. By finding out what God's view of the matter is. What, find out what God says about your story. By praying. I've known people who could not move on properly because of hurt from an incident that happened when they were younger. But I believe that in this season, God has given us strength to move on. For someone, there are some pictures that you just need to go and burn. You know those pictures that have, you know, the picture you took in Ibiza one holiday where there was smoke coming out of your ears, you know. Not the person next to you. Tell me, I think pastor is talking about you. You know that picture. Right? You know, when you look at that picture, you shake and you just tell yourself, I don't think I'm born again. 
For some of you, it might be an email. For someone, it's a memory that you can't erase or burn. But something that yet you need to prayerfully deal with. Embracing the audacity to believe in the strength of the covenant that we have with God is a place where we can write a new story from. Because the covenant we have in Christ Jesus guarantees us transformation. It guarantees us success. It guarantees us prosperity. Because you can't be in a covenant with God and stay a victim. As Paul who says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. He says, but nevertheless I live. He says, but the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So I say that the death and resurrection of Jesus on our behalf must be a constant memory in our minds. That's one of the reasons why we share communion on a day like this. When you think of yourself, you know how you go for interviews, and I don't know why people do that, and the first thing they say is, tell me about yourself. And you're like, but I sent you my CV. Yeah, but oh, no, no, no. Because we've all heard people say that's a way to open an interview. Just tell me about yourself. When you ever are faced with a tell me about yourself story, May I ask that you never really forget this big thing that happened for you. That Jesus died on your behalf and that he was raised on the third day for you. If you ever watched the, the series 24, I don't know, you, you watched it. I know it's old. I know we've moved on from 20. I don't, don't know it's okay. I just couldn't find a more recent one. But 24, I liked how that every time they started it, there's a voice that will say, previously on 24. And so when we say previously in Namdi's life, when the accuser of the brethren wants to bring what happened in 1996 and what happened in 2009, and I can, the way you're looking at me, like, I hope he doesn't have a word of knowledge. He's not about to start quoting real things. No, I won't. But when he starts to bring together the different parts of your story that are like a yoke, I, I ask that by the help of the Holy Spirit that we would bring up the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That every single day of this year I must remember that Jesus died for me. That I must make my plans on this reality. That I must tell my story on this reality. That Jesus' story will be told in and through me. I believe that one of the greatest sources of strength for a Christian to start new stories is there. It's in the resurrection experience. So this year, it's my encouragement as we start. I know the word over us as a church, all the elevation churches, is that it's a season of strength. So my pastor said, stronger. And 
I, I, I know that there are things which will happen this year which will shake us as a country. And there will be things which will make us happy as a country. The Bible says those that know their God will be strong and they will do exploits. The story that you are living is extremely important. You may not understand everything in the chapter that God write for you this year. I mean, when he wrote in Daniel chapter 5, they needed an interpreter to explain what he had written. But God in his faithfulness, I said to people, look, when you trust God's sovereignty, you must also trust his faithfulness because he's not just a God who will do what he wants to do. That's who he is, true. But it's also a God who says to you that my thoughts towards you are thoughts of good, to prosper and not to harm you. The writer of the book of Hebrews will say of the patriarchs, he says they were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Would you let God be the director of your drama this year? Would you let God be the producer of your destiny this year? And when they show the credits from 2018, could it be that they will write music provided by the Holy Ghost? Wardrobe and costumes by grace. Props by divine arrangement and angelic order. I, I'm wondering if there is someone who would just lay their plans on one side this year and say, God, will you write a story, a new story through me? I wonder if there's someone who, like Abraham, has come to the place where they're dealing with hopelessness and would choose to hope against hope. I wonder if someone who is saying, look, I'm doing well, like the gentleman in Luke chapter 12. I've got so much money, I need new bank accounts. I'm doing well. I'm, I mean, when I drive on the streets, people recognize me. You don't understand. I'm, I'm almost a celebrity. But, you know, in that conversation in Luke 12, Jesus says that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. That night, the Lord says to the man, I would call your soul back home. I wonder if there is someone who, like Esau, is dealing with a multitude of things that have been said or done about him. I wonder if there's someone who has already lowered expectations, who has summarized their life already. I wonder if there is someone who is dealing with a negative word that was spoken over your life in anger by an older person. And they said, you will never be better than your parents. You will never be better than this. I wonder if there is someone whose current circumstances are speaking to them loudly and clearly. And says, don't mind what P.I. is saying. It's just a pastor and a preacher. as we share of the communion today, we're simply saying it doesn't matter who said what, who did what, it doesn't matter where we fell, it doesn't matter whether I was born in Benin, in New York, it doesn't matter what mistake I made. 
it doesn't matter what facts are currently facing me, that I choose to let God be the author of my 2018. As we pray, as we worship, we're simply saying, I receive strength for a new story. I receive strength to be restless. And what will happen after we take the communion and we continue to stay in the communion is that for some of you, there's a restlessness that will just happen. And, and restlessness is different from recklessness. But it's that you will just be dissatisfied with the status quo. You will be dissatisfied with the limitations that you had put on your mind and on your life. I'm going to ask that we worship and we pray this morning. I believe this is a really special year. If you would hold the hands of the person next to you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.